0: As we begin this new year, we're going to start uh, by thinking of a variety of Psalms, and I'm calling this uh, the Psalms for the seasons of our lives. Interesting that scholars working on the Psalms often divide the Psalms into three sections, and they refer to them as Psalms of orientation. When life is going pretty well, we give thanks to God, Psalms of orientation. And then there are psalms of disorientation, or we often call laments, where times aren't going so well. Lots of those in the Psalter. And then, thirdly, there's a group known as psalms of reorientation, where we're coming out of times that are upsetting and back into a time of more resonance and consonance with our understanding of the world. So psalms of disorientation. Well, first of all, orientation, disorientation, reorientation. So we're going to begin with a psalm of orientation, which is found in Psalm 8. Uh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic are you in all the earth. That's a beautiful, short psalm, beginning of the Psalter, where the psalmist gives praise to God. In fact, the whole psalm is of direct speech. It's all directed to the Lord. And the psalmist praises God that he who he is and how majestic he is and how glorious he is. And then he also gives praise to God for what he has done in his world, in particularly on behalf of humankind. So the whole psalm is directed to God and giving praise for these two aspects, for God's nature, how glorious he is, secondly, for what he's done um, for humanity and inhumanity. So I think we can call that a psalm of orientation. That may be a bit puzzling for us because we're still in challenging times. We're in hard times. The pandemic just seems to keep going on. Maybe we're well on the way towards becoming an endemic. But we all have our struggles, uh, and we note that, but nevertheless, we also have moments when we are very much at peace with God and who he is and what he's doing. So we begin with one of these psalms of orientation and trust that, you know, more and more of our journey in this coming year, 2022, might take on that um, characteristic and that tone. So with that in mind, we begin this focus on God, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. Psalm 8, verses 1 and 2. First verse could also be translated, Yahweh, our Lord, how delightful is your presence throughout all the earth. So you'll note it's 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 a reference in relationship to God. O Lord, our Lord. It's it's we are in covenant with God. We are in relationship with Him. And it's It's a recognition of this dynamic of being with God, that he is there for us. He is our God, who is in relationship with us, and hence we we give him praise. And we praise him above the heavens, and we also praise him in the cradle, we see in verse 2. Above the heavens and in the cradle, and we give praise to God for who he is and what he has done for us. So it's interesting that the the text talks about um, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. So we recognize that God is God. God has created this amazing world, but but there are forces of resistance. There are adversaries. And it's interesting here that the response here that overcomes the, the adversaries is one of praise. So, for example, in verse 2, uh, in the NIV, it's translated, from the lips of children and infants, you have, orda- you have ordained praise. So the enemies are there, but the enemies are driven back by Praise the infants and the children giving praise just naturally to God, this drives back the forces of negativity and pessimism and of evil. Think way back to the story of the children of Israel coming into the land of Canaan and they come to Jericho, this walled city, and you remember the story that they are told to walk around the city many times, seven times I think, they walk around And then they give a great shout of praise, and the walls start start tumbling down, crumbling. Well, that's a bit of the picture that we have here. The children giving praise, the infants giving praise, and the enemies are driven back. So it's it's a lovely idea, and recognizes God's sovereignty over, over his universe. It's interesting that Jesus cites this very psalm, these very verses in Matthew 21, uh, verse 16 when he's just finished. He's come into to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And the religious leaders of the day are hearing the children giving praise to God for, for this one who's coming in riding on a donkey and they're all upset. And they're saying, don't you hear, Jesus, what these children are saying? They are lauding you. You know, who are you? Tell them to stop. And Jesus' response is, they say, do you hear what they are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise for yourself? He cites this very psalm. in such a key day, Palm Sunday saying that if you don't give praise, the children will give praise. And he cites back to this verse of praise driving back the enemies of God. And so the psalm then begins with this recognition that God is a great God. He is majestic. He is glorious. He is powerful. And he is over his creation. That's where it begins. I wonder, by the way, could praise have that kind of power in our own lives? Can praise drive back the enemies? You know, here we are in Weston. It's a pretty tough part of town, and there are lots of challenges here. Could not praise be more and more a sense of who we are personally and collectively to drive back the powers of negativity? Interesting that Jesus cites this. So Psalm 8, 1 and 2, giving praise to God for his glory, for his majesty, and then the psalmist continues, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, note the work of your fingers, but you've created the moon, you've created the stars, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? So it raises this second part of the question, which is so, or the psalm, which is important, who are and what are human beings, that you are mindful of us, and that you care for us. When we look at your universe, how, how amazing, incredible your universe is. I know to saw a verse in Isaiah 40, uh, which Isaiah the prophet gives praise to God, lift up your eyes on high and see, Who created these? Who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name? Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. God creating the universe, trillions of stars, and he calls them all by name. It speaks of the detail of God in his creation. Nevertheless, what are we that you are mindful of us and care for us? This mighty God who created the entire universe is mindful of you, mindful of me, and he cares for us. In all our situations, good times, hard times, challenging times, health concerns, money concerns, God is mindful and he cares for us, and the psalmist really is amazed at this reality. That God is there for us and he loves us. Why why does he have such care for us? So note, there's, there's no tone of pessimism here. No tone of negativity. It's a psalm of orientation. It's a psalm of recognition that yes, there can be challenges but God is with us in the midst of the challenges. So we don't play all of our attention focus on the negativity those dark spots but that we also recognize the light in the midst of it all in fact we choose to look at the light and concentrate on the light god's goodness within these hard times it's the story of advent is god coming to be with us journey with us god's grace towards us we focus on god's grace in this new year of 2022 God is mindful and he is concerned for each one of us and to go forward in that sense of confidence and assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, the hymn writer says. The writer continues, Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. We give praise to God for who he is and what he's done. Interestingly, the NRSV translates um, this statement in verse 5, you have made them a little lower than God. And actually the word there is Elohim, God. In the NIV it translates it as you have made them a little lower than heavenly beings. But the, the, the idea is the same, that God has made us these important creatures on planet Earth, that we are God's regents, we are God's viceroys, and we are to care for his planet and not bring ruin to his planet. This is his desire he places us in the Garden of Eden to tend the garden. And so here we are, thousands of years later, are we tending, tending the garden or ruining the garden as God's vice regents, God's viceroys? So, you know, we're not here to just dabble in our comfort and in our convenience and in our nice things we are here as god's stewards of this entire planet we have a job we have a responsibility that's what the psalmist is saying you are mindful of us you care for us and you've also given us a job to do and we are to care for the planet and you know this is for all of us right doesn't matter what our political persuasions are you're this party or that party we are called, as God's children, to care for his planet and not just dwell on what makes me feel happy in this moment. See, that's one of the big distractions. The adversary plays this card in your life. Just focus on your comforts, your convenience, how nice things are going for me and for my family. That's what the adversary's playing. And we forget that we have a responsibility to care for God's world. You know, this isn't just for green people or echo people. As Christians, we all have a responsibility and stewardship for God's planet. That's just the way it is. We're called to take up our task because God is mindful of us. We are the consciousness of the planet. We know that, eh? Humanity is the consciousness of the planet. We are the ones who think about what's going on in this world. Not the not, not sheep and the goats and the donkeys and the horses. They're just enjoying who they are in the moment. We are called to give reflection on these sorts of things. It's part of who we are, part of our job. And that, you know what? The psalmist finds joy in that. The psalmist finds encouragement in that. That I've got a task that is really meaningful to do. And I will tend my garden for God. That's can be our response. So in our day of global care and concern, you know, where, where are we on all that? What's our response to Psalm 8? You'll note that the Psalm ends with verse 9: O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Verse 1 and verse 9, their bookends of praise in this psalm. Begins this way and ends exactly the same. To praise God for who He is and to praise God for the role that we have to play in His creation as His children. Last week we talked about us being a holy priesthood, a holy nation, called to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. You know, the adversary wants us to forget all that. What's this stuff about making spiritual sacrifices? Acceptable to God. Come on, live your life, enjoy it. Peter saw it differently. Encourages us to be and become that people of God. So when we come to the end of this psalm of orientation, what is it saying? Well, one, it's reminded that God is the subject and object of our praise. The whole psalm is direct speech to God. God is to be your center and my center of our entire world view. God and my relationship to God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. To know him, to love him. That's what our lives are about, the psalmist is saying. God is our focal point. God is our focus. Merton says God is our point vierge, the virgin point, that center, that stillness in our lives. So will we make that our focus question? So we have this primary vocation that God is there for us. Secondly, we recognize that God has placed us as his viceroys. Note that this psalm is not just concerned for Israel, it's concerned for the whole earth. The whole earth. We are to care for it civilization makers in 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 the best sense of the word where we give praise to God in all we do in every field of our lives to give him praise. And thirdly, to do so in gratitude. To be grateful for God's goodness. To go into this new year in spite of the challenges with a heart of gratitude. A heart that says yes. That gives thanks. this Sunday we praise God and know him and experience him as we move into this month. Last week we celebrated communion, to be mindful, to be grateful for God's gifts, his abundance to us. And then ultimately, ultimately the psalm points to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's interesting that in Hebrews 2, The writer of Hebrews picks this very psalm up and it recognizes that we don't see humanity in all the fullness of they they should be and we should be. But he raises the other point, or she raises the other point, that we see this reality in Jesus. So listen to Hebrews 2:8-9. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. Speaking of humanity. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And if you back up just a few verses there in Hebrews 2, we have this very psalm, Psalm 8, cited at length recognizing what God has done for us as his children. We don't have it all together right now. We know that. But we have a Christ, a Lord, a Savior, a friend, a brother who travels with us, who has broken through the death barrier, and we will follow him and know him for abundant eternal life. And in light of that, we make a decision To really serve him in the here and the now, so the writer says. All of this flows out of Psalm chapter 8. So we don't see a whole lot of stuff, but we do see Jesus, the writer says. And we are invited to make this new year the year of our Lord, where we make him the center, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the divine family. We do see Jesus, and we travel with him. And we do so so that God's name is glorified, Christ's name is glorified, and we lift them up through the power of the Holy Spirit. May we do so. Reminded through the psalm of orientation. God's goodness extended towards you, to your family, to me, to our church, to our world. Let's receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.